0: Welcome to the J.D. Power Travel Podcast. Uh, I'm Michael Taylor. I'm the Managing Director of Travel, Hospitality, and Retail at J.D. Power. And joining me is Andrea Stokes, who's our uh, Practice Lead for Travel in the hospitality section. Hello, Andrea.
1: Hello. Happy New
0: Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, it is January. So uh, we are attempting every year to uh, use our January podcast as sort of predicting the year and looking at the trends going into the coming year, and uh, that'll be the topic for today's podcast. What we see in the data at J.D. Power and what we see coming down the line. So, I thought I'd start with uh, probably one of the big news topics of this year is the performance of airlines uh, and air travel in 2023. So, just as a kind of a recap. Um, you may, everyone I'm sure is very familiar that the price of an airline ticket has grown substantially in 2022 and is continuing to grow in 2023 because the demand for leisure travel just hasn't um, dropped off as much as most people have thought. And there are fewer planes flying and there are fewer pilots flying those planes. And uh, I think everyone has noticed that the uh, load factor or the percentage of seats being occupied in any one particular Flight uh, certainly is quite higher than it used to be pre-pandemic. So I, what I see in the data for airlines is that there will be some slowing of demand as we go into 2023 for a couple different macroeconomic reasons, biggest one being inflation. Uh, we've had this pent up demand for leisure travel uh, post-pandemic where people were saying, I don't care what it costs, I'm going to Vegas. And <laughs> they certainly did. Uh, But, you know, as Herb Stein, a famous economist, used to say, if something's too good to last, it won't. And I believe that's going to be the case here with uh, airline travel as we go into the second half of the year, is that we will see some slack in demand there. uh, And prices will moderate a little bit. Um, Now, financially, uh, the airlines, from a cash flow perspective, are in actually pretty good shape. Um, Their biggest issue uh, economically and business-wise is... Trying to meet the demand as they perceive it, they could, they could see they see in their numbers for schedules and routing that they could be adding more planes to the air and more flights and turning quite a healthy profit. Problem is the ability to get those uh, planes in flight. And my other prediction here for this category is that is not going to happen very soon. I'm I'm sorry to say, uh, getting qualified pilots is not something you can just do at the flip of a switch or. Whenever you want to, you have to have those people meet certain minimums uh, for a number of hours in the air before they become co-pilots. And then co-pilots become pilots uh, and man up completely crews that can fly an aircraft. And that just isn't going to happen very quickly. So for airlines, um, what I see in the going in the future is a slight slowing in demand, some moderation of prices, some good cash positions for the airlines as we go through 2023. But there'll be still that same nagging problem of why is my flight completely full and why can't they have another route uh, where they used to have five? So that's, uh, I believe, what's going to happen in twenty two, twenty three for airlines. So, Andrea, what do you think is going to happen in 2023 with hotels?
1: Well, um, you know, kind of on the topic of prices. Uh, I I do feel the same way about hotel room rates. I do think room rates will moderate a little bit in 2023. Certainly, I think they are uh, coming down already. It remains to be seen, you know, in the high travel seasons of spring break, um, summer, if you know, prices will will kind of go back up and maybe even higher. I, I do believe there is still a little bit of pent-up demand out there. But I think with inflation, as you said, Mike, the price for everything else has gone up and consumers may be pulling back a little bit on, you know, discretionary spending um, like on travel. So um, I do think room rates will be, you know, a little bit um, lower than than last year. Um, you know, in terms of uh, you mentioned the financial side of of the airline industry, in terms of the hotel industry, you know, those moderating prices will, you know, sort of moderate the revenues that hoteliers uh, will bring in in 2023. Um, I think hoteliers will still be looking for ways to save on costs of running the hotel, of which labor is the highest cost, of course, um, for running a hotel. And, and while, you know, the hiring situation and hospitality has improved, uh, I think, you know, 2023 will still be kind of a year where it's, you know, labor is still not where it was in the industry before the pandemic. And hoteliers are trying to figure out how to get by with Fewer people uh, working in the hotel, and you know, using technology, using other uh, tools that that they might be able to use to reduce uh, labor costs. So perhaps you know their their bottom line situation maybe won't really change from last year, which some hotels had a great bottom line last year again because of the high demand and because of the really really high room rates. Um, My other prediction was going to be uh, how many new hotel brands will be introduced in 2023. And I had an original prediction, but already in January, we've had two new hotel brands introduced, one by Sinesta and one by Hilton. Uh, I'm not sure maybe if there have been others. Um, It's not the end of January yet, so who knows, but... Uh, So I originally predicted that there would be four new hotel brands introduced, but again, it's January and that's two already. So I think I'm going to bump up my prediction to five new hotel brands uh, to be introduced in 2023. So we'll see if that prediction comes true.
0: Hmm. All right, five. Okay, we'll mark that down. We'll check on that next January. So. Just switching over to the you know, one of my other topics, which is airports, <clears throat> and really airports, of course, go right in line with airlines themselves. And we've seen, oh, the demand for, the, you know, or actually a TSA throughput, kind of stalling around the mid 90s, high 90s, percentage-wise of 2019, and that seems to be pretty steady. It might jump up a little bit, but of course the swing factor here is business travel, which we're going to talk about later in this podcast. Um, But um, it looks like we're almost back to full capacity for most of the airports. One of the things we've seen in 2021 and 2022 was the kind of the selective routing of the airlines. Of course, airlines are very sophisticated about predicting, you know, which routes are going to make the most um, profit for them and how they should run those particular uh, routes. And there was quite a drop off on some direct flights into smaller uh, markets. Uh, The number of those reduced quite a bit in order to keep uh, airlines in the air and full of people and actually finally get you to the destination you want to get to, even though you might have to stop in an airport where you never had to stop in one before. And that will continue into um, 2023. So we've got most airports kind of fully recovered. Some airports not recovered. San Francisco International is probably the most, um, oh, the biggest one that hasn't fully recovered as far as... The passenger volume, that's simply because the tech sector isn't uh, traveling as much as it did in 2019. And also uh, travel from Asia, especially China had not been uh, allowed or had been greatly restricted in 2022. And now with the China market taking some of their restrictions off of travel, um, I believe we'll see some rebound for San Francisco. Um, So their volume will go up. And as we've seen with other airports, their overall satisfaction will go down. Because uh, they've had a very good year in the JD Power rankings, simply because they've had quite a few fewer people at um, at San Francisco. Uh, but we're going to see the hub airports continue to be very very busy, simply because that makes the most sense for the traditional hub and spoke uh, airlines such as you know Delta, United, American, and to some extent Alaska. Um, and so you'll see those airports will be very very busy. And some of the smaller airports, will be infrequently busy, meaning they'll be busy for only a third of the day when they were busy two-thirds of the day. And that makes a big difference in the way an airport operates and the amount of um, services they can offer based on the non-aeronautical revenue of selling you food, beverage, and some retail at the airports. So anyway, that's sort of the airports are going to go hand in hand with the uh, airlines. But Uh, the staffing shortages uh, will continue to affect uh, airports, but not as much as it's going to affect airlines, simply because obviously an airline pilot is much uh, harder to get a hold of and to qualify than someone to be a cash register uh, worker or a barista at a a coffee shop. So that's sort of what the airport uh, outlook looks like for 2023. So um Andrea what do you you know we, uh, we have a project that we're, we we've been doing quite a bit that i think people are are aware of with um uh on the predictions we do predictions and uh, forecasting of business travel so Andrea what's uh, what's the outlook for business travel in 2023
1: Yeah i think uh with you know the the main thing is is that transient uh, business travel that uh, struggled in 2023, or I'm sorry, 22. And I think, uh, you know, I I just don't think it's going to recover to 2019 levels this year. I think it's gonna take another year, maybe another two years. Unfortunately, 2023, um, where, you know, maybe everyone would think the pandemic effects have been sort of reduced a little bit, but, you know, companies, Uh, I think, are concerned about the economy. They are uh, trying to reduce expenses. And unfortunately, travel is one of the places where companies tend to look for um, cost savings. So I think that transient business travel is uh, going to be affected by that, you know, most likely in the first six months of the year. That said, if the economy improves... Um, you know, maybe, uh, things will get a little better, but I think there are some forecasts out there that, you know, that really that transient business travel may not even come back until 2025. So it's, it's quite a long time in terms of group travel and conventions, uh, meetings, conferences, that type of travel that will continue to improve. It improved in 2022. Uh, I think, you know, any conventions that perhaps didn't come back last year, uh, 2023 would be the year where those conventions and conferences do come back. Um, you know, there was a lot of that type of travel in 2022, which really helped uh, the business travel side of things. So um, I think, you know, 2023 should be okay for, uh, for group travel. So that's my prediction. Uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. But definitely, we hope everyone will look look for our <laughs> business travel index, which we do in partnership with Oxford Economics and the U.S. Travel Association. We are going to continue that in twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty two was the year we launched, and we're very excited. We've gotten great uh, feedback on that um, piece of work, so we look forward to to that.
0: All right. Thanks. And I thought I'd end up with, uh, last but not least, rental car. Um, I've rented quite a few cars this particular, this past year, and um, and speaking to other people who rent cars, they've all had the same well, concerns, I guess, or at least observations, is that they seem to be renting a car that is much older and, in some cases, much dirtier. But um, as anybody who's listened to this podcast probably knows, and you've heard us say this many times, there's a direct correlation between the Age of a hotel room, the age of an aircraft interior, the age of an airport bathroom, and the age of a car, and just how clean it appears to be. And uh, because we've had that chip shortage in the original equipment manufacturers for cars who are not able enough to release enough cars after they've made them because the chip that operates them isn't available, uh, they've kind of redeployed some of that, and there have been some improvements, as I'm told, by Tyson Jomini at JD Power that there's been some improvement in the availability of cars, but not enough to appease or to meet the demand that we've seen in the rental car market. Uh, So rental car companies are still struggling to find vehicles and they're putting field, uh, cars into the field that are much older, 50, 60, 70,000 miles. I've rented cars with 50,000 miles or more, which is kind of unusual for a rental car company to have a car that old that many miles on it uh, in the past years on several occasions. Uh, So they'll continue to do that because they're not going to be producing tens and tens of thousands of them for the uh, market, for the uh, fleet market that um, the rental car uh, business operates with. So we're going to continue to see higher prices for rental cars going through 2023. And we're also going to see a relatively lack of newer cars and a little bit more lower scores as far as cleanliness go. Service levels will probably be about the same. Again, the staffing issues that um, have really uh, plagued everything else in the travel industry also apply to the rental car industry. And the other big trend, the last prediction here I've got is the uh, adoption of EVs among the rental car companies and uh, Hertz in particular is taking a big stock in uh, electric vehicles, uh, uh, putting those into their fleet as, as fast as they possibly can. And I predict that's going to be a little bit of a rocky start here. I mean, I think for a long-term trend, it's probably a very interesting, and definitely there's a demand for EVs uh, in the rental car market. But how you deploy deploy those, what you're paying for that vehicle, what the value of that vehicle is at the end of its useful life to the rental car companies is a very different economic proposition than a gas-powered automobile. Um, One of the things that we've been speaking with uh, other experts in the rental car industry Uh, Has been where do you put these EVs? You know, you're probably not going to put them in Phoenix, Arizona, or Tucson, Arizona, you know, where you're having to drive long periods of times in extreme weather, in this case, heat. um, You know, in between charging stations, Uh, because what happens, you know, with someone who's renting a vehicle is that when something goes wrong with the vehicle, they just tend to walk away from it, Um, and that's going to cause, I believe, some issues with the people who are not that familiar with how to operate an EV or what you need to do to make sure that that EV gets there and back again, because it's not the same as a gas-powered automobile where it takes four minutes to put about 500 miles worth of capacity into a gas-powered vehicle. It takes about 45 minutes to, I believe, get around 120 to 150 miles into an EV, depending on the charger and, of course, the battery itself. So there's going to be an uptake in EVs for the rental car industry, but it's going to be a, sort of a rocky road as far as the customer service goes. And eventually, there'll be some learning that goes on and uh, that uh, will probably be quite a bit of redeployment uh, and what kind of purpose you're using these EVs for. If you're going to be doing it in the city for business travel, probably a great idea. No problem finding a charging station, no problem you know, rolling into a charging station if you're get that battery too low and then recovery of that abandoned vehicle or the vehicle that might've run out of charge is going to be much easier for the rental car company. But if you're going to be out in say, Sioux city, Iowa, that might be a completely different story. So in any event that, uh, those are the predictions we have for 2023. Andrew, do you have any other final thoughts for about 2023? Uh,
1: no. Um, I think, you know, it'll be a, a hopefully good year for travel of course much better than some of the past years that we've seen so um yeah we'll we'll have to have to see by the end of the year how many predictions have come
0: true yeah i yeah, want well, to keep score here see what, yes. how, how well we do <laughs> right <laughs> all right well thank you Andrea. and again this has uh, been the jd power travel podcast with michael taylor and andrea stokes and we hope to hope that you'll listen to us the next time thanks very much and thanks for listening Thank you.